Hello Team NXT, thank you so much for listening once again to the Undisputed Future Podcast, that UFP show that talks about the NXT show. I am your host, CD, Danny Mac, bringing you episode 94. Unbelievable, we are fully on the road to episode 100 within 6 and just a matter of days, 10 days from today, I will be discussing the first NXT on USA, part of the brand new schedule. A little bit of a time conflict with USA at this time. From my understanding, the first hour will take place from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. This is in Eastern Standard Time, by the way. And then from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., there will be a second hour of action taking place on the WWE Network. Whether that's a little bit of a tease and a bait and switch, like if you want to see the conclusion to this week's episode of NXT, better check out the network if you haven't joined 2019 and done it already. But then again, there's also the finale season of Suits, kind of cross-promotion with the wrestling at this time on USA. So once that's over, the full two hours will join on full-time USA Network, and of course available the very next day on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the WWE Network, so all of the options to watch all of the wrestling will certainly be there for you, and boy, we're talking like nine plus hours, taking into account Raw SmackDown, Weekly AEW, Weekly NXT, Impact when available, this is all nine plus hours, not counting weekends of pay-per-views. That is insane, and the amount of conversation that that will bring, and the amount of podcasts throwing their all this work into them. I'm talking strictly like myself, of fan-driven podcasts. We all know that the pros will have no issue of taking their own experience and turning that topic into conversation, and there's plenty of interaction with the already established stars on social media to form something up. And thank you all for being out there and spreading the word of this show. I know with the new NXT schedule. There will hopefully be a demand for more NXT podcasting, so please spread the word. Tell your friends. Keep them aware of the schedule of pro wrestling because there's going to be a lot to handle and everybody should be helping each other, not criticizing each other. I know how really, really difficult of an ask that sometimes is, especially in the Twitterverse, but Team NXT, I know you're out there. I know you're good people trying to listen to some positive discussion about the premier brand of pro wrestling and let's take it a little bit to the side at first i will be discussing primarily the september 4th edition of nxt television but i do want to address a major event the first of three major events to take place on august 31st just a few days ago nxt uk takeover cardiff an unbelievable event with which i think featured the match of this weekend as great as AEW All Out was. I'm not going to take anything away. I'm not really as much of right smack in the middle of this NXT versus AEW war, quote-unquote, as I should be. I'm trying to support all platforms, but you know that NXT will have my live viewing on Wednesdays. I'll find some other time in my schedule to watch AEW's weekly program. But skidding back over to TakeOver Cardiff. Starting things off, Travis Banks... Not getting the win over Noam Dar. Noam Dar with a big win on NXT UK. It was really nice to see Dar back on. I haven't I haven't caught as much NXT UK television when this Travis Banks rivalry has formed. So it was really nice to see him back in action. Really promising young talent. Cruiserweight classic original 205 mainstay. And of course the famous Alicia Fox call when he had that aforementioned storyline on 205 Live. Getting a big win over Travis Banks to open up TakeOver Cardiff. Don't sleep on Travis Banks, though. One hell of a talent in his own right. Him and I share a similar martial arts background, so that small little fandom will always be there, in my opinion. Cesaro, taking quite a few international flights this week. I cannot stress enough how much I respect Cesaro and his work ethic and his ring work and just the amount of drive In this man's day-to-day. The amount of flights and international flights and whipping out his passport and this, that, and the other thing that guy must have gone through between NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and the China tour. And from there, you 
go back to Raw on Monday, days later, like nothing ever happens, and you put on another incredible matchup. But this match at NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff was against Ilya Dragunov, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite performers on this brand. The guy had an incredible winning over my personal fandom match with the other half of the Kings of Wrestling, and I'm talking, of course, about Cassius Ono. And Ilya giving us another great performance in this match against Cesaro, but Cesaro getting what I perceive to be a long overdue win based on his match schedule and booking as of late. So Cesaro hopping brands, picking up a big win, I really hope that we are in for more Cesaro appearances on NXT UK television. Moving to Hometown Heroes in a match that I did not possibly think could go my way. Rooting from Mark Andrews and Flesh Morgan Webster. Up against Gallus, who I thought could have had a big night at this takeover also or the grizzled young veterans walking out with the title defense would not have surprised me either. James Drake and Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson gets so much, so much hatred and so much heat. It's so much fun to watch, and I cannot imagine what it's like to be in his position, especially with gold around his shoulder, that two hometown Southern Wales subculture boys are trying to take from them and would successfully do so. I loved the ending of this match. I love this entire match, but I thought this ending was so beautifully executed. From the second that they had Gallus down and out on the outside to the subculture boys going two on two with Gibson and Drake, just when you think it would spell disaster for Flash Morgan Webster, Gibson sends Drake to the outside to take out the larger team in the contest in Gallus, keeping them at bay, whatever the hell that may mean. I still haven't exactly figured out what the... Anyway, Gallus taken out. We have Gibson in the ring, getting the perceived win over Webster. Webster is lifeless. Webster was laid out, but then flipping in a beautifully executed and more importantly, well-timed shooting star press by Mark Andrews. Fall to Pieces, naming the Shooting Star Press after his theme song and song. Consequently, after from Junior, I get so excited just talking about this pinfall. Flipping Morgan Webster over, Zach Gibson securing the three count, the first ever Welsh champions in WWE history. Another first ever foreign nationality coming out of a pair of NXT-branded Tag Team Championships. I'm of course referring to Buddy Murphy becoming the first ever Australian champion in WWE history with his win with Wesley Blake, the Blake and Murphy factor as NXT champions. Such a huge moment for the career of Mark Andrews. Such a huge moment for the career of Flash Morgan Webster. These two guys are gelling not just from the same hometown, but the chemistry and the ring establishing themselves as a very formidable team on NXT UK television. I thought that was so important and such a major moment for them. And the post-match celebration just really, really warms your heart. Mark Andrews, the guy's the front man of a pop-punk band. I've been listening to that music. It's what I grow up with. It's what I'm constantly trying to keep alive and listening to. It's my most revered genre of music, going back to Newfound Glory and Blink-182 and Simple Plan and Good Charlotte, and I could hear you guys laughing at me from here, that's okay. But it's still the emo and pop-punk music scene that I grew up in. And the music coming out of Wales for that genre in Junior, and another band I really enjoy, as it is. Seeing Mark Andrews for the first time on that United Kingdom Championship tournament with this gimmick and the high-five and stage dive and tagline and the hand waves and just the appearance and the aura that he gave off in addition to the incredible piece of music that is the Fall to Pieces theme song, I've been such a huge Mark Andrews fan waiting for him to get a piece of gold in NXT UK and I could not think of a better use of that moment than at TakeOver Cardiff in the hometown for them in Cardiff, Wales. Congratulations to the South Wales subculture boys, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. 
the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions. And in comparison to that, you'll probably think I'm shafting the rest of these matches, but the whole entire card was such a great event. Master versus Coffee was the exact horse fight you needed with Walter versus Bate approaching a true David and Goliath story. This was the fight that we needed as coming off that chaos of the tag team title match, you think, how does it get crazier than that? You get the third member of Gallus in there with the mammoth-sized Dave Mastiff. And I like Mastiff's work. He's another one who's deceivingly quick for a big man. Joe Coffey, a former WWE United Kingdom Championship competitor, so we know his credibility in that NXT UK ring. And Coffey with a big win for Gallus, coming off that unfortunate ending in the Tag Team Championship matchup. For Gallus, Gallus getting that win back in the form of Coffey over Mastiff with another creative ending, kicking out the supply crate from David Mastiff's feet. Well, take, kicking out from under his hands, but taking the balance out of his feet. You guys know what I was trying to say. And Coffey with a big win for Gallus. I really enjoyed that hoss fight as well. Probably the most shocking results, in my opinion, coming out of NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff was we have a new women's champion in NXT UK, Kaylee Ray, successful over Tony Storm. I really liked the story that this match told. Very emotional battle, especially on the side of Tony Storm. Those emotions even coming around to get the best of her in there with the veteran of the two, Kaylee Ray a Scottish Supernova champion, not Noem Dar, but Kaylee Ray coming out of NXT UK TakeOver. Really surprising. I thought this Tony Storm reign was going to continue at least well into, I would say, TakeOver closest to Royal Rumble or at least the last one of this year. Give Tony Storm the entire year's worth to reign going back to TakeOver Blackpool. Really surprising results here. Uh, Kaylee Ray definitely proving herself over the past number of weeks, really throwing the mind games at Tony Storm, emotions getting the best of Tony Storm, Kaylee Ray taking every bit of advantage of that, and walked out your new women's champion. And last, but absolutely not least, because I thought it was the first top-tier match of this particular weekend of August 31st, 2019, UK champion Volta taking on the first ever UK champion, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, been a couple couple matches with Pete Dunne on his side and against him, definitely keeping that championship caliber competitive spirit that Tyler Bate has alive. But the challenge in the form of Walter, it's, it's, the man is massive, those chops, those chops make you cringe sitting on your couch and clutching your own ribcage for dear life. You can only imagine what the competitor is going through on the other side on the other side of that catcher's mitt cricket bat sized I'm trying to be internationally inclusive here sized hand of Walter. That oh too much to bear. I, I you show Walter chops to anybody who shows who says wrestling is fake and then you slap him in the chest yourself. That's that's just my take on this situation. Tyler Bate absolutely proving how determined he was to avenge the entirety of British Strong Style. Imperium has run roughshod over NXT UK. Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, regular NXT TV, NXT North America, I'm going to call it in the context of comparison for NXT UK. We've seen the work they can do there. Fabian Eichner, a former Evolve champion. Marcel Bartel, in-ring technician that kind of reminds me of a German William Regal. And that's one hell of a comparison getting compared to the NXT general manager. Those two guys, unstoppable in the tag team force. Another veteran in the tag team scene. Well, as difficult as it may be to be a NXT branded veteran, as I've repeatedly said on this show, and... Sanity not getting the time of day they should have. A tag team specialist nonetheless, former NXT tag team champion in Alexander Wolf. So you could take either combination of those three gentlemen and throw them up against South Wales subculture for an eventual title shot right after their highly anticipated in my book rematch against James Drake and 
Zach Gibson, which I believe happens this Wednesday. Nevertheless, Imperium, a dominant force in NXT UK and all of WWE, give me more stables, give me more blended personalities, give me a lot of hybrid styles within a stable, and things are looking up in the entirety of the NXT brands across the board. Imperium with a similar quest for all the gold in NXT UK, I could honestly see coming up and over soon, who knows, with the return of a European championship. Also up in the rumor mill, I read dirt sheets once in a while, I'm not, I'm going to take everything with a grain of salt, but it's always fun to fantasy book, I enjoy the European championship even as a North American. Walter versus Tyler Bate, true David and Goliath story, no I didn't talk, no I didn't forget that I was still talking about this matchup. Walter displaying the power and queer size advantage, but Tyler Bates, the ability that this gentleman has. This kid is strong, strong boy. Big, strong boy. And has the crowd behind him. The emotion being driven from the crowd into Tyler Bates' bloodstream and protein and muscles, just all that generation. And all that emotion coming from Tyler Bate throughout this matchup shows not just the importance of wanting his championship back, but his connection to the crowd. Tyler Bate is a very easily likable, I'm not even going to say character, just just strikes me as a likable guy. Environmentally conscious and you notice the vegan tattoo. (laughs) As much as some of us may disagree with it, you got to admire the spirit and ability to eat on that diet and still look like that and lift people the size of Walter like that. So I thought it was an incredible matchup and one hell of a hard-hitting and heart-filled effort, but just not enough. Just when you think that maybe something's going to crack and maybe Tyler Bate has one last rally in him because Walter did absolutely everything across this masterpiece of a match to put Tyler Bate away, and David would just not cave to Goliath throughout the entirety of this match. Tyler Bate looking to rally back, shut down by one hell of a clothesline. Not sure if the clothesline was from hell itself, but Walter, with a massive shot, would secure, and still, WWE UK Champion. Absolutely spectacle of a match. WWE UK Championship title matches have lived up to every bit of hype going from champion to champion going as far back as the first matchup between Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne to their match at TakeOver Chicago NXT match of the year that year. Just great, great bouts for this title. The prestige of the WWE UK Championship is absolutely real. Again, credit where it's due, though, to AEW. AEW definitely put on some entertaining matches in my book. I'm going to jump into the 9-4 edition of NXT. Well, 4-9, if I'm talking to my international audience. Lord knows us Americans are writing the date wrong this entire time. But August 31st is something you can't confuse. Cody versus Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger. I sat there in my Numbers Don't Lie t-shirt thinking that he would come out of this one Still shining as a major heel, give Tully a little bit of a rub, but I like the chaos, I like the callback to Arn coming out and hitting Spears with the spine buster. I thought it was a really fun match. I'm not the biggest fan of Cody's matches, and I'm not saying this because I'm a hater and it's a brand new company and they're going war to war with the brand I try and discuss on a weekly or at least bi-weekly basis. Bi-weekly meaning every two weeks, not twice in one week, obviously. Uh... Just not a fan of Cody's matches in general, but I really did enjoy this one. The guy definitely can put forth a credible performance. And Sean Spears getting a chance to shine like he has in this light in AEW really puts some optimism as a fan in my eyes. So Cody over him, not exactly the biggest moment, but there's plenty of TV to be had once October rolls around. I'm really hoping in addition to MJF, Sean Spears can be a top heel in AEW. You can laugh at that take if you want. It's okay. But I'm just incredibly biased as a fan of the Perfect Ten. And I would definitely go out of my way to check him out on Edge and Christian's podcast 
or was it Jericho's? I think it was Jericho's podcast. Guys put forth some really good interviews. You could learn about the origins of the Perfect 10 gimmick. If you're still not sure of that story, I'm not going to sit here and spell it out for you. I'm going to jump right into the ladder match that I was thoroughly entertained by. Am I going to sit here and say it was better than WrestleMania 17? Absolutely not. But the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros putting forth a great match here as well. Lucha Bros, your AAA tag team champions. And new champions for the vacated, really nice-looking AEW World Championship, Chris Jericho would become the first-ever and youngest AEW World Champion. Hangman Page did look like a star after this one in my book. Definitely proved some of my past opinions wrong with not just the Road to All Out videos, but this particular matchup. It put me on the side of the Hangman as far as tolerance as a fan, but the Jericho mark in me was rooting for Y2J to walk out as AEW's first ever champion. Short-lived title reign in the sense of losing the title, but other podcasts have discussed that topic to death, so I'm just going to scan right over that, and I know that the title is back in his possession, as well as a little bit of the bubbly, and I wasn't going to go with this podcast without referencing that. The memes are absolutely great. If you've created one yourself, special shout out to you, and, uh, Thank you for keeping me entertained on the internet the past couple of days. Let's jump into the September 4th edition of NXT television. Yes, we finally got here. All right, one more bubbly reference, but it's not the one that you think. Special shout out to Comedians of Wrestling Podcasts and all the Team NXT members that may have joined through the incredible network over there. Sipping on a cherry lime de LaCroix this particular episode. Jumping into September 4th NXT television, we had Brizongo reimagined and reimagined they were. New entrance, like the new gear, the new entrance music is great. The chemistry as a team is still there as well. Brizongo doing big things since their return to the NXT brand, taking on Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Fellow Canadians to Tyler Breeze, a 15-year Canadian tag team, and uh, that's a long tenure, and a lot, a lot of Canadian vibe going on during this matchup with Mauro Ronaldo on commentary, and these two fellows with Tyler Breeze, not sure of Fandango's origin of, well, nation of origin, I'm going to assume he's American until I'm told otherwise. Getting into this matchup, though, no lack of entertainment in this one, just Brizango bringing Brizango, and I was actually very impressed with Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Really vocal team, coming in as a real credible force right off the bat in uh, in this one. Really vocal, really good at trash talk, and really getting in the face of their opponents in Brizango. I really, really enjoyed this opening matchup and Brizango's new, innovative, creative, captivating offense really shining through. New forms of tag team moves. Brizango looking good. Dango's looking unchained. And these two guys are more than welcome to stay and help reinvigorate the NXT tag team division. Ending things the same way they ended them against the Forgotten Sons. With a fashion faux pas elbow. Some sort of elbow drop backbreaker combination. I enjoy it as a move. Looks real good. Done real pretty by these two prince of pretties. Princes of pretty. Not prince of pretties. Anyway, besides the statement faux pas to go hand in hand with the fashion faux pas elbow. Brazango looked real good here. Excited to see what they do for this tag team division. I feel like there might have been a little bit of a personality swap with the Street Profits being so prevalent on Monday Night Raw as of late and losing the NXT Tag Team Championships to the Undisputed Era. And uh, I don't know. I'm enjoying Brizongo there. Street Profits, Montez Ford, all the charisma in the world carrying the segments they've had on Monday Night Raw. And I really do think that the NXT tag team, tag team division does need a little bit of a shot in the arm. As of late, I mentioned last week on possible superstars to go back to NXT on this basis. And I would really like to see another monster team jump in the division. And I think the Authors of Pain in Akam and Rezar getting 
called back to the NXT brand to provide that monster presence. Going for another record-setting possibility is there with the first ever three-time champs at the helm right now. It's it's entirely possible. So, uh, Brizongo giving more props to the NXT tag team division, tag team division, tag team divisions, and tag team wrestling as a whole. I really feel is going to take off and really shine through, especially with AEW putting such an emphasis on it, with WWE wanting to step up to kind of squash the momentum that AEW wants to put behind it, and with NXT reimagining their own tandems and bringing in some new entertaining ones, definitely giving credits to Parker and Martell this week. Absolutely well-deserved, and they could definitely be a welcome mainstay in my book if they want to be built and built up as possible credible contenders and real quote-unquote parts of this division. Moving on, though. Not exactly a tag team, but a well-liking alliance. Queen Kathy catches Keith Lee and Jordan Miles through the parking lot. It's been a couple months for Jordan Miles. Keith Lee is already shocked getting an opportunity like this. Miles should have all the confidence in the world in the eyes of the Limitless One. And something I want to put an emphasis on, and I'm actually planning on closing the episode this week on this topic, Keith Lee's use of the word opportunities as of late. I don't want you to just think of this segment. I don't want you to just think of later on, if you caught the WWE.com exclusive, there's been a pattern in his use of the word opportunities lately. And I want you to sit on that, and I want you to think about that, and I want to hype up Dream versus Kona Reeves, which I'll be discussing a little bit later, but I can't because the hype is interrupted by Io Shirai beating down Candice LeRae with a kendo stick. Kendo sticks and steel chairs being a major factor in this former friendship to this point. These two ladies are going to have to be in a street fight or a last woman standing or something to really put this rivalry to bed because the hatred is still there clearly on both sides. Intense women's rivalry outside of the title picture. Absolutely welcome. Cannot wait to see how this continues from this point. Another career I'm interested in seeing continue is Hardy Compounds product Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes did not win the breakout tournament, in case you missed this promo and if I had to sum it up in one sentence. Cameron Grimes did not win the breakout tournament. He's at the bottom now, and the climb to the champion begins. I thought it was strange enough to be so bad or strange that it was good. I didn't like it, but I didn't like it for the right reasons. If I could take something away from that. Cameron Grimes can come out as a monster in and out of his own. Not a man you expect to follow the Hardy's way. I mean, just looking at Jeff and Matt, you could train anybody of all shapes and sizes and adapt to their strengths. But when I look at this guy go, I don't really see the Hardy Boys style. But that unorthodox charisma of a broken Matt or a brother Nero or a Willow, I thought that strange intensity really shone through here. And that's what I really feel associated him with the Hardys the most to me up until this point. So Cameron Grimes, I enjoyed it in a cringy, I don't want to watch this, but I can't look away, car crash kind of thing. But a breakout tournament superstar that hasn't crossed paths with Shane Thorne. So uh, just a funny feeling that that may end up next. And Shane Thorne, another guy who has his own uh, set of grievances, interrupting commentary tables and uh, airing them out and whatnot. Let's move on to the next in-ring action with our CHAMP, the North American champion, the Velveteen, D-R-E-A-M. The finest Kona Reeves. The entrance is cool. The entrance music is cool. What he does is probably far from it. Not going to hate against singing your own lyrics to the ring. 
because if I had his theme song, it's catchy enough where I think I might go ahead and be tempted to do the exact same thing. But tighten up the screws at this point, Kona Reeves. I'm 5'9 and 135, 140. Not going to sit here and dictate how a over six foot Hawaiian guy should be moving around. But it has to be better than that. The clumsiness on the big boots. I mean, thank goodness he was in the ring this week with Velveteen Dream. And I know I mentioned at the beginning of the show you're here for some positive fan interaction. But as soon as there is positive discussion to be had about Kona Reeves, besides the sunglasses and the theme song and the beats that he wears, I'll be there. Maybe the jacket. Maybe the jacket's real nice too, but I think even that changed this week. So thank goodness he was in there with Velveteen Dream because the things he did not do well, the Velveteen Dream made look good. And that's what a professional does. That's what a champion does. That's even what a successful champion does right before... He goes right around to beat the guy and reclaim and retain his championships. But still, just, I guess it's fine. It was an aptly sized opponent for the Velveteen Dream. Definitely different than past competitors as of late to the North American title in Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Matt Riddle, size, I guess, comes closest, but... The ring acumen is just, it's its apples and freaking oranges. Or it's apples and pine apples, I guess, in the case of a Hawaiian. But Kona, again, I can't sit here, dictate how a six-foot guy is supposed to move, but it needs to be better than that if you want to be featured on national television. Big-time network, putting forth the best stars, not just ones who are fine. He needs to be the finest. He needs to buy his own hype. He needs to work. And I really, maybe a tag team, maybe the finest and the regiment coming together could do the guy some good. Those are two personalities people could sit there and like to hate. They're both not the best in the ring, although Riddick Moss as of late coming back from a injury doing what he has been doing. It's impressed me. It's impressed me more than what I've seen more recently out of Kona. So would it be the strongest in-ring tag team? No, but it would be two big enough personalities that you can dislike them and find some success and everything else can tie together within the NXT brands and just practice and repetition of teaming together. Riddick Moss already has tag team experience and the future of Tino Sabatelli seems still unknown at this point. So I don't know. Anyways... Kona Reeves, also vocal in this match. That's where the personality hatred coming from would cost him, though. Getting in the ropes, getting in the referee's face. Gets Kona kicked in the face, and the Dream Valley Driver, there would be no Purple Rain in the forecast this matchup. The Dream Valley Driver would seal the W for the North American Champion. A championship reign that I'm quite frankly more than satisfied to sit here and watch forever. But Roderick Strong absolutely disagrees with me. And I mentioned earlier the mind games that Kaylee Ray laid out to Tony Storm along her road to the NXT UK Women's Championship. But Roderick Strong playing mind games of his own with the Velveteen Dream. Roderick Strong is that missing piece in the prophecy of the Undisputed Era. And he will go to some sick lengths to make sure that he gets there. And that includes lighting the Velvet Couch of the Velveteen Dream on fire. The couch went up in flames. The D-R-E-A-M-C-O-U-C-H is no more. Great stuff. Great segment. If you want to push Roderick Strong as another credible singles competitor out of the Undisputed Era with the tag team brilliance that is Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and the NXT champion caliber that is Adam Cole, baby, you turn him up to 11. And these kind of sick, twisted, crazy antics of getting in the mind of the Velveteen Dream. You know how difficult it is to put somebody in a psychological warfare that messed with Aleister Black's head for weeks at a time? Velveteen Dream losing a whole lot of steam by losing that couch. 
Props to Roderick Strong. Cannot wait to see this rivalry moving forward. Cannot wait to see the eventual North American Championship match that will be featured on the first NXT on USA episode. Oof. Undisputed Era of Prophecy getting fulfilled on the first night of live NXT TV. Would that uh, just gives me goosebumps thinking about that concept. Roddy appears confident enough to do so. He is ready for a one-on-one experience and the attention, and there is no bigger experience or spotlight or attention than being displayed on that particular stage outside of an NXT TakeOver. Okay, let's talk about some women's action. Now that I mentioned Kaylee Ray and her comparative mind games to what Roderick Strong is attempting to put the Velveteen Dream through, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, Another big-time matchup that could possibly put Rhea Ripley in now the NXT North America Women's Championship scene. The first-ever NXT UK Women's Champion could also be the first to dethrone Shayna Baszler's second title reign and be the first woman to hold both NXT UK and NXT Women's Championships. Cannot wait for that matchup. That will be taking place on the September 11th edition. And if Rhea Ripley wins, this is a non-title matchup, by the way, folks. If Rhea Ripley is able to put down the champion, she will be added to a two weeks, another NXT on USA major matchup. Shayna Baszler's next competitor will be decided in what is now a triple threat match between former contenders Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, who I'll be discussing in just a matter of seconds, and Mia Yim. Number one contenders, what is now a triple threat, what could be reimagined and redesigned as a fatal four-way if Rhea Ripley picks up a win over Shayna Baszler this coming NXT TV. So a high stakes in the women's matchup this week on NXT TV. Major spotlight. On four, what could possibly and hopefully be four of the most talented across all NXT brands. Big time, triple threat match could become a big time fatal four-way. Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, non-title match next week. And also next week, going to jump right back into women's coverage, but might as well mention it now while I'm coming across it in my notes. Johnny Gargano will be live at Full Sail University next week to discuss his future with the NXT brands. I'm not even going to sit here and speculate. It'll hurt my heart too much, but Johnny Wrestling cannot walk away from the NXT brand. Just my quick two cents. Jumping back to women's action in the quickest possible way, I'm of course talking about the EST of NXT in Bianca Belair. Double B taking on Tynera Conti. That was a string of forced rhymes that I hopefully in- entertained some of you. Tynera Conti, one of my other favorites at the women's division. Anybody who also reps a black belt, that they are a black belt so hard and displays the kind of, well, I guess unorthodox honor within the martial arts. Tynera Conti is definitely a unique personality in her own right. Great matchup between these two ladies. I could watch Bianca Belair keep going and going and going and establishing herself as a championship competitor because she is that damn gifted and that damn good and puts in that amount of work. The strongest, the quickest, the, well, it doesn't end in EST, but most charismatic. I'll come across an EST word for that to relate later on. Bianca's bouncing around the ring. Dynamic counters in this one, which I really really emphasize here because I really thought this matchup was a lot of strength in Bianca Belair's side of the ring against Tynera Conti's precision and technique and the technical side of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, very submission-based, very ground-based, very strike-heavy in her other forms of training. She's also a judoka, which emphasizes throws and taking the battle down to the ground where she could then cross-train and implement the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side of her game. So I thought all of that chaining together and being able to overcome and surpass Bianca's strength would also be very good. But Bianca Belair is precise as an athlete in herself. 
Tainara Conti, I mentioned a little bit of martial arts on, honor before, but that's why I said unorthodox, going to less than reputable tactics to gain the advantage on the EST. If you're not going to overpower them, you got to chop the legs and the strength and the hips out from her somehow. Going to some nasty outside moves in this one. Tainara Conti definitely displaying a more aggressive side. In this match, and you got to do what you got to do when you're in the ring with somebody as talented as Bianca Belair. And when you're outmeasured in the strength column by that much, you do what you got to do. It would end in the same mindset that Bianca Belair appears to have. She has that undefeated mindset and would display it here a KOD avalanche crash. Ugh. Nasty, nasty face plant from a torch rack position. KOD by the EST for the 1-2-3. Bianca Belair building some momentum towards her number one contender opportunity. But Tynera Conti, I thought it was a great performance by her. And I mentioned this with a little bit of bias. But I think she's building herself as a contender in her own right. I think she's due to break out as a star on her own soon. I thought there might be some chance of her being the woman chapter, I guess, women's division member of the Undisputed Era, going back to her history as a hired gun for the faction, going back, wow, a couple years at this point, I want to say. It was after TakeOver Brooklyn 3, but I think before TakeOver Brooklyn 4. It was somewhere in that SummerSlam to SummerSlam time frame. I know that gives you an entire year's spectrum to go back in NXT and look for it. I'll I'll be sure to have that information by the time Tanera Conti uh, has another matchup on NXT TV. But there's, there's promise in her. There's promise in her. There's proven credentials in Bianca Belair. Women's wrestling on all three WWE brands, I really think, is doing some stellar stellar work oh man last week we had three big topics to cover the week before that i was joined by my good friend matt savage and we discussed the wednesday warfare upcoming some nxt takeover toronto 2 and that week of nxt tv taking place from the takeover site in toronto so there's been a lot to cover the past couple episodes but i didn't expect to be almost going an hour on this one as uh, as well so thank you all for listening it won't be the first or the last time I thank you across the spectrum of this show, but let's end this breakout week with a boom. Adam Cole, baby, defending his NXT championship against the breakout tournament winner, Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles stepping up and confronting Adam Cole and declaring, I want a shot at your championship. I had speculated that possibly the breakout tournament route would go the same way the World's Collided tournament would go. And we would get the anime display of personality of Jordan Miles going up against the Velveteen Dream. But Jordan Miles going straight for the jugular of NXT title gold. Going straight to the top of the mountain and challenging Adam Cole to a match. And this match lived up to the expectations. Cole doing what he can to ground and immobilize Miles. But we would learn throughout this match, Jordan Miles lives by a same person, a same principle as I do, and that is that timing is everything. Despite being in there with the champion, the resilience and the dynamic offense and the suddenness of his timing and being able to counter and keep himself in this matchup, that's what the spirit of the breakout tournament was supposed to be. That's what these eight competitors were breaking out into this scene to do. To prove that they are worthy of being in there with the very best of the best. And it doesn't get much better than the leader of the Undisputed Era and your NXT champion. I enjoyed this match. The resilience was there. Miles is a fantastic babyface. Very expressive. Very high-flying. I love the suicide dive he did. It didn't look like your every week run-of-the-mill suicide dive. It was kind of like an Astro Boy like missile effect sort of suicide dive to it. I thought it was really, really cool stuff. However, Miles tried to break out, 
but it would all come down to the last shot of Adam Cole and still your NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. He's done it again. He'll keep on doing it. Don't know what Johnny Gargano is going to say next week. Don't know what Tommaso Ciampa is going to have to say when he comes back for Goldie. But the Undisputed Era and this promise and pursuit of gold, it's at 75%. It's at 75% with an extremely promising Roderick Strong display within our grasp. The Era is rolling, and that is Undisputed. Now I went back and I wanted to say and close out with the word of opportunity being used by Keith Lee. And I'm sure there was way better of a way to phrase that. The use of the word opportunity by Keith Lee. Going back a little bit of a ways. We hear almost a similar grievance. A little bit more disguised. Obviously a little bit more well-spoken. I've mentioned it on this program before, if I could have Keith Lee narrate my life, not just because of the bass and the tenor of his voice, but just the charisma he brings behind his statements, I would. But that's not an option. So Keith Lee is out there talking for himself, and speaking for himself, and not speaking for me. And he had a similar grievance, and similar points, that Shane Thorne has had of late is that he has been there on NXT, there being NXT, obviously. Pronouns, pal. For a long time. The hype was there. The video packages were there. The injuries, though, were untimely. The rivalry with Dijakovic. Hot start. Great matches. Sudden halt. Injuries on both sides. Rivalry ramps back up. You don't know how it's going to go. You think Keith Lee, maybe with a little bit of limitless redemption, falls short. Even before that, when this grievance is, when this grievance claim started, Keith Lee calling out another star recently debuting on this brand. That being Damian Priest. Damian Priest able to topple Keith Lee as well. So Lee is speaking of opportunities for these breakout stars, for these new signings, for these other longer tenured stars like himself. And where is the opportunity that they've been here for, that they've worked for, that they're putting in all this effort at the Performance Center to achieve? Where is it? And Keith Lee has fallen short in a promising rivalry and against another promising talent in Damian Priest. Now finds himself alongside a breakout tournament winner. Somebody who is, and I'm not saying this in a trolling or you know smarkish or markish kind of way, but who is hot-shotted, who is rocket-strapped in a tournament to an NXT Championship opportunity that Keith Lee has been there for a while and he has to feign cheerfulness? I don't know. I don't know if I trust it. You got Keith Lee, very likable guy, very confident, very positive message behind his character. But there's just there's this line I feel that Keith Lee is slowly crossing to. Post-match of this one, I'm going to reference that WWE.com video I uh, I mentioned earlier. Keith Lee is looking to be Mufasa to Jordan Miles Simba, but I really do feel like it will take the turn of Scar, and Keith Lee will... Keith Lee's not going to react too well to Jordan Miles getting this opportunity and then not being able to use it and secure a championship out of it. Where if Keith Lee, I'm sure in his mind, were to be put in that similar situation, he would walk out limitless and victorious against Adam Cole. So I think Keith Lee is something to watch. I don't know where this mentor, 
mentor Padawan Jedi Master relationship is going to go. But the use of the word opportunity by Keith Lee and his lack of being able to take advantage of his, and there's something there. Keep your eyes and ears open, folks, because the Limitless One has another message behind his words. And on that talking point, on that hopefully hot conversational topic, please reach out to me and give me your thoughts. Keep in touch with me on the Twitter at podcast underscore UF. It's my most prevalent form of social media. I am almost at, I believe, 4,000 followers, 1,400 followers. Well, I'm uh, jumping ahead of myself here. Please keep spreading the word. I'm sure more NXT podcast use and exclusivity for conversation will be in demand as the weeks pick up. We are within 10 days of, we are less than 10 days away, is what I mean, of NXT launching on national programming. So please keep up the support, Team NXT. I appreciate every single one of you out there listening. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. You'll find premier pictures of wrestling memes and the Velveteen Dog Colin, who is currently digitally taking a nap right next to me. Way to go, buddy. You keep doing you. Give me a like on the Facebook. It's not my most popular form of social media just because of personal preference. I'm only on there to really visit the Comedians of Wrestling Facebook group, which I can't put over anymore in a cross-social media uh, plug there. And thank you for listening on your favorite podcasting network, whether that be Apple Podcasts, iTunes, which I'm sure might be redundant at this point, Google Play, CastBox FM, Stitcher, however, SoundCloud, my most popular form of posting and sharing sites and where the feed is hosted. I don't care how, when, or where you listen to this show, just thank you so much for doing so. Team NXT, you really make this effort all the more worth it. I've promised you a Patreon for so long. We're coming up to episode 100. I'm going to start brainstorming ideas and where I want to go with that. And you don't got to support me financially, but you guys are supporting me emotionally by just giving the show some listens and reaching out to me on the conversation more than you know. There's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day or making me a part of your day and including this show in your schedule. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT Conversation. Thank you for listening to Undisputed Future Podcast's 94th episode, that UFP show that talks about the NXT show. Enjoy the upcoming weeks of NXT television, and I will talk to you next time. (laughs) 